Hello everybody and welcome to the podcast. Now I don't want to use the title of the podcast given what happened yesterday. Um so firstly I'm gonna do a quick monologue and then I'll bring Bruce in to give his thoughts on the game. So we haven't won at Anfield since January twenty sixteen. Um and that was when Van Gallo was in charge and Wayne Rooney scored the winner. We've only scored one goal at Anfield in that time. Uh, a consolation by Jesse Lingard in Mourinho's last game in charge in December 2018. And when you factor in the fact that um, Liverpool have picked up their form domestically anyway lately, I thought there was always a chance that this might be a game too far for us because we've playing in so many competitions, playing so many games every three days. I thought we might lose every 2-0, even 3-0 would have been okay. But to lose 7-0 was totally unacceptable. The players just through the talent. Uh, there's certain individuals were disgraceful, like uh, Bruno Fernandes, the obvious one. He's come under a lot of fire today from pundits, media and supporters. Um, and it's been called into question whether he should be the captain going forward. Um, Luke Shaw's performance was dreadful as well. I, I actually thought in the first half, United were decent, probably the better team overall. And Luke Shaw was really good in the first half, but he just made the pieces the second half. Dallow was atrocious. Anthony was as predictable as always, just cutting in and shooting. There's there's people who just weren't even praying in, in the game to give up the ghost once it went to 3-0. Uh, I've seen a stat that United ran only 99 kilometres against Liverpool, and that's the lowest since, guess what, the 4-0 loss to Brentford. Um, so what was your thoughts on it all then, Brush? Absolute capitulation, mate. What else can I say? I don't really have words, to be honest. Um, I actually thought we prepared for the game pretty well. I was quite happy with the rotation against West Ham. Uh, you know, there was about six changes, I think, in that game. And I thought we managed it quite well. I thought all our key players were rested uh, for this one. Um, I think Ten Hag perhaps woke up feeling a little bit like Pep Guardiola uh, in terms of the overthinking and tinkering. Uh, one or two very surprising things going into the game. Bruno starting on the left, obviously, a position he's not accustomed to. Um, I thought we didn't do the simple things. Like, you know, anyone looking at the game, why would you not try to exploit the weakness of Trent Alexander-Arnold defensively and match it up against the pace of Rashford? Uh, that's something I thought would happen. Uh, Dallo last week against St. Maximan, we know what happened to him. Um, I thought, you know, Wan-Bissaka being a bit more defensively astute, he would have started this game. Um, but yeah, it just what, what can I really say? Uh, in the first half, we certainly had our chances, we didn't take them, and we've been second half FC for a couple of games now. And it was always a worry in the back of my mind that you know, if you come up against decent opposition, you, you're gonna get punished. Uh, but at, even at half time, you know, I, I was confident. Uh, we've seen this team show grit and determination and fight and, and to show real character in second halves. Uh, and then, you know, immediately we concede again and we were robbed of that. And then the third one went in and after that, just all heads dropped. And yeah, I can't really explain it. It was terrible, terrible all around. Uh, and everyone that we've been praising as well, it's, it's yeah, collectively, they all let themselves down. Yeah, I think after the third goal, they just got absolutely swallowed uh, by the on-field atmosphere and the... Liverpool players. I suppose we also have to give credit to how good Liverpool were as well. That was back to the Liverpool 
that won the league and the Champions League. They were like, they were hassling and hiring us. Uh, we couldn't get out of our defensive third at times. Um, and everything they touched just hit the back of the net. It was just one of those days. Even that Salah volley, you know, just goes in off the underside of the crossbar. Um, amazing technique, but it just seemed like they were shooting from anywhere and it was just going in. It was one of those days for them. And like you said, we if we had taken our chances in the first half, it could have been a different game. Bruno missed such an easy header. How does he not get that on target? And Rashford with a really soft pass back to the goalkeeper when a man in his form should have been tucking that away. And it could have been a different game if we had taken those chances. And I, I was like you, even though we were 1-0 down at half time for the silly mistakes by Dallow, Fred, who slipped, and then Varane getting easily turned, I thought that United will come back and at least draw this game because we'd, we'd been the slightly better team in the first half. But like you said, the, the game plan went out the window once they scored immediately and then another one about two minutes later and then they just lost their heads. For, for Bruno Fernandes um, just totally lost the plot on the day. Um, I know you pointed out that he's playing out of position, but it's not an excuse for, I think he, he pushed an assistant referee. He kicked um, Darwin Nunes um, under a Canate swung an arm at him. I think it glanced him on the chin. He went down like he'd been shot in the face. Um, he dived over Allison at one point to win a penalty. Um, the number forty-three for Liverpool, a uh, command as a substitute, and uh, Fernandez had a lash at him and then didn't track the run when he, when the, he didn't manage to bring the player down and he stood still and, and watched him, you know, cross the ball in. Um, it was not a captain's performance by any by any stretch of the imagination. And are you surprised that Bruno uh, got so emotional and was so terrible on the day, Brush? Uh, uh, he was very lucky not to be sent off if I'm being honest uh, he could very easily have seen red um, days like that it, it's very difficult um, we've seen the petulant side of his character but you would have thought that with that captaincy armband you know he, that would have been put to a side or he'd grow uh, yesterday was just a flashback to much much darker times yeah it was I mean like like uh, everybody at United had thought, we thought that um, the days of getting thrashed by arrivals were behind us. I know earlier in the season we can see the six to City, four to Brentford, but he thought this team had turned a corner. But this was straight back to the way things were, and arguably this is, you know, we've had a few thrashings in in, in recent years, you know, to Tottenham and City, Chelsea, Liverpool, but this is you know going on the scoreline. This is the worst yet. Um, and especially to those a lot as well this one particularly hurts um, for me like I was under no illusions you know I understand this is a process we're actually ahead of schedule to where I thought we would be at this stage um, but there's a manner in which you lose you know uh, I expected defeats to come but there's a certain way in which to uh, to, to handle it um, this is totally unacceptable absolute capitulation and it seems as though when we do get turned over we really get turned over um we end up setting all kinds of horrible records that we don't want um just in the three away games of uh of this brentford and city alone that's 17 goals conceded like how ridiculous is, is that um went away to aston villa as well let in three Went away to Arsenal, let in three. Uh, it's, it's, it makes for horrible reading. Uh, so that's what, 23 goals in, uh, what, four, five games? 
Yeah, and pushed our goal difference away down. We have been making progress with the goal difference lately, and now it's uh, it's it's well down again from about. Yeah, yeah, but this keeps happening though because we go on a little run after we get uh pummeled, uh, put in a lot of hard work to crawl it back, but then every time this happens, it's just a massive setback, isn't it? It's uh, it's one step forward and two back. <clears throat> yeah, I just hope now that the players haven't lost the confidence that they've got from winning the trophy and being on such good form since the World Cup. I hope that doesn't all go out the window now and uh, we lose several games in a row. I, I would expect that on the soul score, but I would I would expect Ten Hag to get a grip of this and the players will come out fighting against Battis and Southampton. Is, is, is that what you expect as well, Brush? Uh most definitely. As in there's no other there's not yeah, there's no other choice, is there? That's the only thing you can do. But I'm not gonna lie, this one hurts because usually I reflect the day after and I'm like, all right, we move. But today um uh, feels still feeling quite somber to be honest. Yeah, to be honest with you, I've been avoiding as many people as possible today. <laughs> um uh, I was getting lots of stick yesterday from not just Liverpool fans, Celtic fans, Forest fans, Leeds fans. <laughs> I mean, Listen, everybody. I, I, I got I got handed a can of seven up earlier. I even got a call off my mum, <laughs> uh, and she knows nothing about football car. And she rang me, and she's like, "What's this about Man United then?" Because uh, she heard it. She heard about it on the news. Yeah, I would. It would probably make the the, the normal. probably on Sky News and you know all the yeah, yeah. news, not yeah, just the sports so news, that, but the it probably it's yeah, front page it's, news. Yeah, you know, exactly. It's, that it's, it's not a nice feeling. Not a nice feeling. Especially against those lot. Um. Yeah. It's it's the one team you didn't want this to happen to. Like I said earlier, there was always going to be a point where it was going to be a game too much because we were playing in so many comps mm. and you know every three days. But this was the one fixture it didn't want it to happen in, and I certainly yeah, didn't want yeah. it to be and that, Yeah, and that's the thing that annoys me as well because despite the fixture congestion and the two games a week and all of that stuff, I thought we managed it quite well up until this point. The fact that there were changes uh, against West Ham, I thought, you know, the key players were well-rested for this. Um, Casemiro looked as if he was injured. I don't know if that if he actually did pick up a knock, uh, because I know against West Ham, there was a quite harsh challenge that went in on him. Uh, and he looked to have run it off. I don't know if, uh, if that's the case, or if he just played like he was injured, or if he actually was. But yeah, he looked a shadow of his, his, his self. But he looked to be injured quite early on in the game and the commentators had pointed that out. He was mm. kind of limp, limping around and, and as mm. you say, his performance reflected that. If if Now, I'm not surprised that he played on because he's Casemiro, but if he is just not able to give what he normally gives, Tin Hag maybe should have looked at bringing on Zabitzer or McTominay or something because, as you say, no Casemiro... It it wasn't the Casemiro that we know uh, on pitch yesterday. So many players like that. Martinez getting easily turned by Salah for one of the goals. I think he was substituted in the end. And he even had Jimmy Carragher now claiming that he was right all along about uh, Martinez. I think he was just tongue-in-cheek, really. But uh, so many of our our most important players didn't do it yesterday. But you're right in what you said, that it was confusing uh, the team selection. Um. All, all day long, I agree with you. One Basaka has to start away at Anfield. Um, you know when you're you're coming up against Cody Gakpo, uh, and you know you're going to be under the cosh for a lot of the game. He's the perfect man. Dallo defensively is very suspect, as he proved again yesterday. Bruno Fernandes on the left was I don't know where that came from, and like you said, Rashford. And a game like this isn't where you experiment with something like that. 
Yeah, and Rashford against Trent has proved very successful in the past for Manchester United. So I don't know why. And once or twice in the first half as well, Carl. We saw uh, Trent get skinned. Um, you know, so yeah, it's it's real shame that we didn't uh, exploit that more. Yeah, uh, maybe he tried to be too clever with switching people around to try and throw Jurgen Klopp off, um, but it, it didn't work. Um, but, you know, every manager can get it wrong. You know, Pep Guardiola got it wrong in the Champions League final and has done so on, on other occasions. Um, but there's no... that If the manager gets it wrong tactically, then you can lose 2-0 and, and then the manager can take the blame. But when you lose 7-0, you can't blame the coach. Um, there's definitely... Uh, the players have to take the brunt of the responsibility for that result. As a collective, they all have to take responsibility. Everybody played a role in that yesterday. Yeah. Um, but when you, like I said, when you lose 2 0, 3 0, you're looking at tactics. When you lose 7 0, you're looking at a mentality issue there. Um, mm-hmm. And this group of players have done this so many times. Do you think possibly the Ten Hag will have been turned off certain individuals forever after that result? Will he be changing his mind on a few people when it comes to the summer transfer window? Uh, no, I think we have to keep everything in perspective. Obviously, it's an atrocious result. It couldn't have gone much worse. But it doesn't take away from what we've built so far. Uh, the other thing is you have to look at some of the players and say, you know, Ten Hag has managed to get the best out of them. So whilst they're limited, he's managed to, uh, you know, get that extra 20% out of them. And I'm sure there will be some changes in the summer. But we'll, we'll have to wait and see. Like, I'm not going to make rash judgments just based on this capitulation alone. Now, obviously, if this has an impact going forward and we go on a losing run, then you can ask questions. But at the moment, we have to just look at it in isolation, I guess. Yeah, I agree with you. But one thing that I've been kind of not a fan of for a while is Bruno being captain. Um, obviously not in favour of selling Bruno because that's ridiculous off the back of you know, one result. But I was never really convinced of Bruno being the club captain, which if Maguire leaves, which we all expect in the summer, you would, given that Bruno has been the on-field captain for this season, you think he would take up the role. I'm not so so convinced about that. Uh, not just based on yesterday, but just his his, his behaviour in, in, in general um, is not captain material. He's more like a player who who needs a leader to direct him. And, uh, I don't think he's you know, uh, he's, he's a captain. He didn't lead by example yesterday in, uh, when things were going wrong. Um, I would rather Varane or, or Casemiro or Martinez were the captain, made club captain in the summer when Maguire leaves. How, how do you feel about it? Uh, yeah, same here. I mean, I wasn't the biggest fan of Bruno getting the captaincy in the first place because I know, uh, you know, the, the, the childlike tantrums and the, the detrimental things that he does on the pitch. Uh, I wasn't sure if he was suited. But then he did show me some signs now and again that, you know, he's got what it takes, like that second half against uh, Barcelona. Um, so it's a bit of a mixed bag. Definitely something to look at come end of the season. Uh, for me, I do think the three that you mentioned are probably more suited. Um, Leach are probably, for me, just because of his age. You know, he's 25. He's always in the team. Uh, Varane will probably get rotated out, right? Um, and he's probably not the most vocal. Casemiro as well is a great shout. Um, but yeah, um, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, 
Ten Hag. I don't know if he'll upset the apple cart. If Maguire moves on, I expect he'll probably keep it on Bruno and make one of the other three the vice. Yeah, well, well, I hope not. Um, another thing about Bruno is that I think he needs to be taken out of the team now. I think maybe this is just a theory, but part of his problem is that he's guaranteed to start every game. Um, he knows that. Um, and he probably should serve a punishment for that performance. I know he could say that about a whole lot of players. And I wouldn't, I would be in favor of ringing the changes against Battis. I mean, a lot of the you can't really blame the players who come on as sub yesterday, and you could probably start the majority of them against Battis, uh, in my opinion, anyway. Um, and obviously, to Wanda be Saka. honest, though, Carl, I think, yeah, to be honest, though, I think Bruno probably needs a rest anyway. He's yeah, played every game. Um, so you know, so that. And also, um, I find it a little bit concerning that he's the player that always moves out of position. Uh, mm. You want your best players in your best positions, and Ten Hag seems to be quite happy to move him about. Yeah, I, I think he need. Yeah, one, one, he needs a rest, and two, he needs a reminder that he's not guaranteed a spot. Um, so on, on Thursday night, uh, it would be all in favour of Garnacho, Sabitzer, Wan-Bissaka, Jadon Sancho, um, and a few others coming into the coming into the team, um, because they're obviously you can't he's never going to start the same eleven after what happened. There's obviously going to have to be punishments, um, but well, I wonder what's going to be happening today on the training ground. Um, is he going to make them run the the distance that Liverpool ran further than them, like the what happened with the after Brentford? But probably not. But uh, definitely he's going to have to. I think Luke Shaw alluded to the fact that the, they'll be watching it back and he's not looking forward to it, but that's part of the, the punishment of putting in performance like that. You know, you need to watch it back and, and show the mistakes Absolutely. you made. But then, yeah, I I did force... I was, I'm a glutton for punishment, so after the game, I did watch the highlights back as well on Match of the Day just to see it a second time. Um, and just, just a calamity of er- errors. Um, I wouldn't feel right just picking on individuals and blaming them. They lost yesterday as a collective. All of them let their heads drop. Yeah, certainly did. It, it actually was so bad that uh, I couldn't remember um, how many goals these Liverpool player had got. You know, I was asking, did Salah get a hat trick? Uh, I really uh, so I lost track. There was t- two each, two each for for all of their front three, uh, and then Firmino. Um, so yeah, Salah two, Gakpo two, Nunez two, uh, and Firmino. Yeah, I know now because I have it in front of me. But during the game, yeah. I was losing track of you know, who had scored for Liverpool because it was just that many goals going in. It was just yeah, the floodgates had opened. It was just it was oh, it was horrible. Um, but I didn't like you know. I think when I was younger, I probably would have like turned it off or walked away. But no, I stayed. <laughs> I stayed for the whole thing. I wanted to know how much worse it would get. Uh, I bet you. I bet you the players who played no part in that yesterday, who didn't come on as a sub or didn't make the sub bench, are glad that they can't be associated with that. Um, yeah, so. yeah. Also, another thing to address as well. Um, so there's been a lot of talk about Bruno asking to have been subbed off, allegedly. Now, I've watched footage back and I've seen no evidence of this. The only person I've heard this from is Gary Neville. Um, and people seem to be running with that. Uh, what do you make of that, Carl? Um, I've seen this suggested. I've watched the footage, and I'm not convinced that he has to come off. And I'm, I'm not convinced. Yeah, I'm really not. Um, for someone like Gary Neville as well in his position to just 
say that with such confidence. Um, I find it quite concerning uh, without knowing the facts. Uh, and how do you know from you know what he was uh, gesturing to the to the bench? I know. Um, I think Gary Neville got very emotional yesterday, and that's understandable. Pro- even more so than I think Roy Keane was but, quite. But you know, yeah. But you know, when you're in that position and you put out statements like that, you know what it's going to generate, especially in this social media age. Um, it's it's crazy. Yeah, I'm sure Tin Hag will be asked about it on Wednesday, but um, there was no proof of that for me. Um, Gary Neville was getting a lot of stick from United fans again yesterday. That's when you know. See, at the time, there's any time there's a bad result against a rival, uh, Gary Neville has some strong opinions. Then he, he there's sometimes yeah. there's a bit of a backlash. Yeah, because I him. had to go back and watch it again just to see, and then I couldn't make anything out of it. And then I even ended up texting a friend um who who was at the game uh, to see if uh, they saw anything that we didn't, because you know sometimes the camera pans out and stuff. So yeah, yeah, I'm I'm not sure about that one. Um, I I, I was. What's back uh, today? Some of the, the the highlights from the studio yesterday, and Sunes was enjoying every minute of it, wasn't he? I mean, I I I hate listening to him, whether it's United as Liverpool or any or any game, because he's not impartial. Mm-hmm. There's no impartiality from that man at all. At least Gary Neville has praised City and Liverpool to the hilt in the last five years. Graham uh, Sunes with- is pathetic. With them, I mean, I've seen that from all of them, to be honest, at various points. At this point, I don't think any of them are impartial. They just, you know, they have their own agendas and things. And yeah, it's, but it's it's for views, isn't it? So, but there's a certain level. There's levels to this. I mean, Gary Neville yeah. are as praised City and Liverpool, like I say. Jimmy Carragher has praised United when it's warranted. Um, he's admitted he was wrong about certain players. Um, who've came good this season, like Martinez, for example. I know yesterday he, he was having a bit of a laugh on Twitter um, about Martinez, but um, overall he, he admitted he got it wrong. Um, but Sunez will not admit that he got it wrong about Casemiro. Even before the game, Gary Apple pitch side with Sunez was recording on his phone, uh, and Sunez till, still tried to say that Casemiro is a steady Eddie. I mean, that's just embarrassing. I mean, the, and, and, and he just... He's a perfect pundit for talk sport, um, Graham Sunis. No wonder he's on that channel because it's just a load of crap. Um, and all it is is it's it's just like Gabby Abonor, for example, and a lot of those guys. It's just they're taking the paycheck just to create controversy. Um, um, I think Troy Deeney even alluded to it in a, in a podcast that he said that when you work for talk sport, um, they want you to say certain things that will generate. No controversy, clicks, likes, retweets. Yeah, that's what it's all about. It's basically the Daily Mail of sport radio. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and they're owned by the same person who owns the Sun, so that isn't a surprise. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and the same people who own Talk TV. And I, and then uh, I think from what I hear, I didn't I didn't read any of it, but I hear that Piers Morgan was taking the boot in the game yesterday, which isn't a surprise. Any opportunity he can get... Uh, Oh, to... did he say something about Ronaldo not being there? Oh. Yeah, probably. Uh, but <laughs> he loves sticking the boot in and Tin Hag because he basically got rid of Ronaldo and we're going to hear that from now until Doomsday. But once Tin... I can't... That's why I can't wait for Tin Hag to win a league title because then soon... Morgan and Ronaldo can say absolutely nothing. Um, I mean, he went to the Saudi League. I mean, does that not prove he's not good enough for European football? Let's have a day off. Um, I mean... Oli, again, there's no impartiality there at all. He's just defending his friend. 
I mean, it's a yeah, joke. It's crazy. It's crazy. Can't understand um, it. So, player ratings, um, this is going to be comical. Um, so, I, I don't agree with the, the criticism that David De Gea was getting by Roy Keane. Um, I don't, he's not a fan of De Gea, obviously. I don't think he's a fan of goalkeepers, full stop. Um, but it, it's so over the top at times that he certainly wasn't to blame yesterday. Um, but it, you can see seven goals, it has to be a, a three. Um, Diallo, a two. Baran, three. Martinez, three. Luke Shaw, a two. Casemiro, three. Fred, three. Vikers, two. Anthony, two. Bruno, zero. And Rashford, a two. And yeah, absolutely shocking. And and Tin Hag for the desire team selection would probably have to get a three as well. Um, so I, I take it you'll have no complaints about that, Brish. No, no, and I'm guessing Bruno got the zero because of his antics. Yeah, yeah, he, it yeah. was probably the worst performance of his United career to date. I would say. Yeah, yeah, he let himself down in his attitude and the way he conducted himself. Um. Yeah. So other, otherwise, I'm guessing that would have been like, like a two. But yeah, it was the petulance that, that drove that down. Yeah, all all the, the the things we've been criticizing him for, he did all of them mm-hmm. yesterday. You know, yeah. all the the kind of uh, going down very easily and giving the ball away in the edge of his own in his in the giving the ball away in the defensive third. Was he done? He done that again? And no, no, the casual passes that he does, um, and then the diving, you know, and then obviously. Allegedly pushed a referee. Uh, all, all around, the passing was so sloppy yesterday. Any attack yeah. that we had, it turned into a counter for them. Yeah, it was a joke. Um, apart from that, uh, the 20 minutes at the end of the first half, where we dominated, really, and should have scored, Yeah, we were all over the place. Um, yeah, I think that's what really um, upsets me the most, is that midfield battle I thought would be key. And that mid, that Liverpool midfield has been so poor all season. Uh, we really should have, that should have been our strength. That should have been the area in which we really, uh, you know, stamped our authority and it was anything but. Yeah, what I said at the start of the game was our midfield looks stronger than theirs. I mean, Harvey Elliott, Fabinho and Jordan Henderson does not strike fear into any opponents. Um, I thought, I think Casemiro, Fred and Bruno as a three were better um, than, than those players. But clearly that's not the way it, it turned out. Um, yeah. So that's unfortunate. Um, we got. I think as Gary Neville says, we just got absolutely swallowed by the the Anfield absolutely. atmosphere. I think there was a, and I, and there was certainly some naivety from Ten Hag as well going into Anfield. Yeah, because it's one of those fixtures that, even if United are first on the table by twenty points and Liverpool are tenth, it's going to be a difficult game for United. Yeah, yeah. This is what I, I was saying this all week long. Like, obviously, you know you. Does league form goes out the window in this fixture, um, and I can understand Ten Hag trying to take the pressure off and saying it's like any other ground and whatnot. But nah, this is one of those where, where you really need to understand the history going into this. Yeah, I've got to say that the next time we win at Anfield, whenever that is, I'm going to enjoy it because it's been such a horrible period of seven years of hardly scoring a goal there. Getting, I mean, thrashed. listen. Even, even, even uh, in the past decade, we've just held so many bad results against against them, home and away. It's uh, it's ridiculous. Yeah, and even when we beat them, it's by like the odd goal. 
You know, yeah, actually, yeah, yeah. We never get one of these in return. No, the most we probably ever get in, in the next twenty years, we might beat them four 0 once at Old Trafford. I, I I bet you we will not win seven nil or six nil against Liverpool at any point in the next yeah. twenty years. Um, it just seems to happen to us. Um, and we we always beat these teams by the odd goal. Like City winning six three should have been six mm-hmm. one only for Martial's late uh, brace. We then beat them two one Old Trafford just like Liverpool two one. Um, yeah, we t- we seem to take batterings and beat teams by the odd goals. It's frustrating, but maybe when we, you know, we we sign more firepower, it will get better for us. But one thing that I will say is that Liverpool will win nothing this season. We've already won something. I'm I'm white. I might win two or three trophies. So I take that as a consolation. You know, if 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 any Liverpool fan wants to give you stick today or tomorrow, that's all you have to say is you will win nothing this season, and we have already won something, and we're competing for two more trophies. So pipe down. Um, so, I mean, listen. At some point, you just have to hold your hands up. Like there are no excuses for yesterday, so we're just gonna have to take it, unfortunately. But like yeah. you say. Uh, I just hope the best case scenario is that you know this gives us the impetus to now go on a go on a run and um, yeah pick up uh, the rest of the trophies on the table. Yeah, and 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 seven nil at the end of the day is just three points. You know, I know you, uh, you can say it's a humiliation, it's the greatest day in Liverpool's history and all this sort of thing, but it is just three points at the end of the day. You know, it, it, as if there's no psychological damage, if we go and beat Batis and Southampton then there's no psychological damage from this defeat and it's just three points for Liverpool and we move on. And we have to make sure now, we can't play them again this season. We have to just make sure now that we finish above them. You know, we can't let this turn into a, you know, a momentum swing for Liverpool where they go on a big run now and overtake us in the league. We have to make sure that we contain yeah. them. Most definitely. That- I mean, the, the way the league shaping up, I'd be very, very surprised if we drop out of the top four, um, especially because Tottenham have proved time and time again that they don't want to be there. Um, and Newcastle are starting to slip now as well. And, you know, I don't think they have the same strength and depth and quality to come off the bench to replace key players. So I see them slipping down. And Liverpool now, obviously, they're going to have the momentum now to, you know, really claw their way up to that Champions League spot. I do think Liverpool will finish fourth now. You know, said that to people yesterday. Yeah. I mean, listen, we saw it two years ago Carl, when they, we, when everyone thought they were down and out. Uh, do you remember when Alisson scored that header? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'll tell you what, that was probably the last time I was proper confident going into a game against them at Old Trafford, the game that got postponed. And I went into that very confident and we got absolutely pummeled in that game as well. Um, so, yeah, it's unfortunate. Um, I do see them getting the Champions League spot now, but then I don't <laughs> see us dropping out either. We just got to make sure that we finish third and, and they don't finish third because um, yeah. that would be another slap in the face if they overtake us as well because we have to have something over them. You know, you know what I mean? Um, but like I say, I'm going to... I know I'm sounding like Kevin Keegan here, but I'm really going to love it when we beat them at Anfield the next time. Oh, I listen, I was I was quoting Kev last week <laughs> in the <laughs> run-up to this because <laughs> I felt yeah. like we owed them a beating and oh, I could not fathom this. Yeah, um, you know, bad results. Uh, you always want to get revenge for those, and um, especially against your rivals. I mean, this is the equivalent of Arsenal losing seven nil to Tottenham. You know, Celtic losing seven yeah. nil to Rangers or Boca losing seven nil to River Plate. It's just, 
Barca losing yeah, 7 under to- Madrid. It's totally unacceptable is what it is. There can be no excuses. This is why I think, you know, the, the blame is collective. We win together and we lose together. So, yeah, the criticism is, yeah, I don't even want to pick out individuals just like that. It's all of them let themselves <laughs> down yesterday. And because United are Hollywood AFC, it's all going to be, you know, it's hard to blow this out of proportion because it's that bad, but it is going to be, you know, the attention on United in the oh, next week. Oh, yeah, and I've already seen it. I've already seen it, Carl. There are some people that, are, you know, just all the way jumped out the window, like, oh, it's the end of the world. We're at, we're down and out. <laughs> I've even seen one or two um, people calling for Ten Hag to go. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, I've seen someone it's say... Insane. On Twitter, that in principle, this is a, a resignation result. Um, yeah, he says, it's, it's mental, uh, honestly. Um, I think he's got enough credit in the bank to survive this result, Ten Hag. I think that's an obvious observation to make. Um, he just has to make sure this doesn't turn into a rut, and I don't think that it will. But he'd like expect every, t- every time we have been beaten, like you know, we have gone on a run, so there's that. But obviously, come summertime, we need to address this because you can't keep getting pummeled every now and again. Yeah, absolutely right. Um, there's a big debate in the Sky Sports studio between Tunis and Neville was saying it was a freak result and Tunis was saying, well, it's not a freak result. This is the fourth or fifth time this season you've been pummeled. Yeah, um, 23 goals conceded in five away games. It's totally unacceptable. Yeah, this has to stop. Um, we know the areas we want to address um, next Oh, and in the summer, we obviously want a striker, younger midfielder, right back, possibly a centre back to if Maguire goes out, um, and whenever whatever other key areas, you know, Ten Hag wants to fill, um, uh, hopefully the the funds will be available for that. But uh, yeah, just imagine how good our attack will be if we replace. And we'll say this a lot, uh, Fikhurst with uh, Victor Osama, you know, that would take us to a whole new level by itself. Um, probably the hardest one to get of the top targets, though, because whatever it takes, flying, whatever it takes, flying. Um, and their owners, I think I've mentioned it before, they like they they like to operate like the Daniel Levy of Serie A, so they're going to be very difficult yeah. to negotiate with. But they have they even sold two key players last summer, so they will sell at the right price. Um, but if you look at Kulabali, though, they managed to hold on to him till he was thirty-one. And still managed to get forty million for him, like in his prime, proper prime. Uh, but you know they were they were adamant they wanted eighty five million, and they held on. We were talking about a centre forward here. Um, it's not a defender or a goalkeeper. I would, I would pay whatever they want. You know that's how strong I feel about it. Um, I know people say it's a, a transfer budget buster, but whatever. You know, it's just a, this is the most crucial signing you will make. I mean, th- that that's the thing for me. Like, it really depends on what happens with the ownership and what kind of budget we're working with. Um, so, yeah, I, I'd like to like us to do a bit of scouting as well. Obviously, that, that, you know, that's top of the Christmas wish list, like, people like that. But, yeah, we do have to take budget into consideration. I also want to mention yesterday that Christian Eriksen was probably a miss because... He would have got on the ball, dictated play, you know, played lovely passes. And I'll tell his... you what, we've largely not missed him because of how well the lads have done. But then yeah. something like yesterday happens and, yeah, you realise. Yeah, he's he's just got that elegance as a midfielder. He's a, shall we say, with all the greatest respect in the world, like a poor man's Modric, if you like. Um he, he never gives the ball away. He's like, it's like David Moyes would say, you couldn't get the ball off him in a phone box. 
um, and his passing range is outstanding. So he would have been able to control the game for us yesterday a, a, a wee bit more anyway. And we missed that. You know, when you know when Fred has a his touch can let him down. He can uh, play play stray passes, and if he if Fred has one of those games at Anfield, or, you know it's it's going to be detrimental yeah. to the team. Whereas Ericsson's totally different. So we missed that yesterday. So we've got to thank Andy Carroll. Yeah, very for that. Jekyll and Hyde with Fred. He's got this unique ability to both be amazing and pants all in the same game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he, like you said, second half AFC, and we've we've seen a. Fred has epitomized that. You know, he's been terrible in the first half, then really good in the second yeah. half, but not so much yesterday. So just finally, we run out of time. Um how many changes do you think we should make on uh, on, on Thursday night? Um I know uh, a little uh, honestly, like today I've not even been thinking about football if I'm honest. I know usually we move on to the next game and we're like, Oh, we go again. I've not even thought about Betis, you know. Um but uh, I don't know. You don't want to overreact either and just be like, oh, you should drop the whole 11. None of them deserve to start. <laughs> um, it's for the manager, isn't it? It's something he's going to have to decide depending on how they uh, respond in training in the next couple of days. Uh, obviously, we've got Southampton on Sunday as well. Um, and and the bottom of the table is uh, very competitive this season. Like Three points for any of them moves them a few places, you know, so that's not an easy place to go. Um, so yeah, you'd want one eye on that as well. So I expect there to be rotation, especially in a two-legged game like this. So yeah, I expect to see some changes. Uh, who I don't know. Maybe we'll yeah. see Lindelof and uh, Maguire come in. No, uh, uh, Malasia. No, like I said earlier, um, I would bring in Sancho, Garnacho, Sabitzer, Wan Bissaka, players like that. Um, yeah, I wouldn't change the whole eleven, but you have you have yeah. to be there has to be punishment for that result. Um, so yeah. hopefully we get back in track, get a win on Thursday, and then take it into Sunday. You just back to speed Southampton at home. So yeah, it's one of those. Yeah, it'll be a mixed bag, was it? Won't it? So yeah. Uh, do I see as many changes against West Ham happening against Betis? I don't know, but yeah, we'll see a few. So uh, that's it for today. Um, thank you for coming on the show, Brish, and I will see you again next Sunday, hopefully. Yeah, hopefully uh, on a more upbeat note. Yeah, surely it must be. Okay, I'll see you later. Take care.